Hi and welcome to my gospel journey. This is Jackie. Um, we're talking about obviously uh, the end times and um, there's a lot of people still believing in um, a pre-tribulation rapture before the seven years begin. Now I've said this many times on my channel but it still seems like people just aren't really listening, they're not studying um, despite the fact that I put the um, scriptures um, up on my video channel. Um, I feel as though they're just not getting it and um, trust me I used to believe in a pre-tribulation rapture um, it, it it really is a hopeful expectation um, that just isn't biblical. It's not in there. And um, I'm going to look at 2 Thessalonians 2 because I want to really explain that. And on my video channel, I'm going to put all my notes um, up on there and um, explain um, in detail now for you about 2 Thessalonians 2. Now, what I've done is... I've got God's, uh, sorry, God's Rules Strong's Concordance and what I've done is I've made it current, made it relevant to what's happening today. Um, not that I'm changing it at all but because of what is happening in this world we can't just not update the information. Everything is there. Um, for us to update it and um, people keep saying oh the Bible has changed. No it hasn't changed at all. Um, what has changed is the understanding of the words and this is where people are getting it wrong. The, you know, the Bible hasn't changed at all. All the words and the meanings are all in Strong's Concordance and I'm going to indicate um, that to you shortly. shortly. Okay, so 2 Thessalonians 2. I'm going to give you the Bible meaning and then my um, interpretation of it, bearing in mind I went straight to Strong's Concordance to get the true um, understanding of that. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Now when you go to Strong's Concordance, it says this. Now we urgently tell you, brethren, by the coming of our God, Jesus, the Son of God, the Saviour of mankind, God incarnate, Christ was the Messiah, the Son of God, Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him. Now that is crystal clear. I know it's elongated, um, but it makes it a bit more clear because then you realize that Jesus is God incarnate and it's very clear very clear so this obviously drew my attention because i believe god wants us to know that this is to let us know about the coming of our god the, the full brightness of his coming um and then it details in my opinion anyway from what i can see the father the son and the holy spirit and our gathering together unto Lord Jesus Christ, not just Lord, not just Jesus or Christ. It's saying um, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, three in one. That is what it says. And this is what I've noticed that people are not studying it. Now, once you study the word of God, it makes it really clear. And 
it does say study and show yourself approved unto the lord so we can tell people as much as we possibly can but will they listen well that's up to them we just sow the seeds and god harvests he knows the heart he knows who will come to christ now let's look at 2 timothy and where it says dealing with false teachers I'm looking at the um, NIV version at the moment, but I'm going to go to the, um, no, I'll, I'll do that. I was going to go to the children's Bible, but there's no point. Okay, 2 Timothy 2.15, or 14 onwards. Dealing with false teachers, keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenus and Philetus who have departed from the truth. They say the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with the inscription, the Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In a large house, there are articles, not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any work. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments, because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone. Able to teach, not resentful, opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Now, that really does speak for itself, doesn't it? It makes it, you know, crystal um, clear, really. Now, I, I'm, I've got um, Strong's Concordance up um, on the screen. Now, as I said, if you type God's rules and then type Strong's Concordance next to it, um, you will get the right version. Okay. <clears throat> so let's go to number two that ye be not shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand, that ye be not soon agitated or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. So this is clearly not wanting us to be shaken or agitated by any means at all. By any means, by spirit, by the word, by the letter, as if it's come from them. This is why we need to read the word for ourselves. And then it goes on. And I'll read the, um, the Bible version first and then again I'll read 
um, my interpretation based on Strong's Concordance. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So when I went to Strong's Concordance, this is what I read. Okay, let no man deceive you by any means. And that is explained in verse 2, which is by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, about the day of Christ. This is my interpretation, don't forget. I'm looking at the words, I'm looking at Strong's Concordance, and I'm putting the words in. So it makes it very long. So I'll start again. Let no man deceive you by any means. And that is explained again in verse 2, which is by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, about the day of Christ. Because the day of Christ will not come. Until what? Until there is a falling away first. So what is the falling away? The falling away in Strong's says that the falling away, the number is 646, is a falling away, a defection, apostasy. Falling away means defection from truth. The truth is the word. The Hebrew meaning of apostasy in the Bible does not mean rapture, folks. Many people seem to think it means rapture. It doesn't. It means, wait for it, defection from the faith. An act of unpardonable rebellion against God and his truth. Now, apostasy in Judaism is the rejection of Judaism and people conversion to another religion by a Jew. The term apostasy, by the way, is derived from ancient Greek, meaning rebellious. So all these watchers telling you that this word apostasy means rapture, they are wrong, 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 and are leading so many people astray. And this is why you should study and show yourself approved unto the Lord. Because if you do not study it, you're not going to see it. It doesn't matter um, that other Christians possibly do not believe um, in what I am saying, as I'm showing myself approved unto the Lord. But I have this real need, this desire to share the good news because I see so much manipulation of the scriptures going around. So I'm going to put this on the screen so you can see where I'm coming from. But despite that, I do not know that the gospel, sorry, I do know, sorry, that the gospel is hid to those who have been sent the strong and powerful delusion. I believe that because they're not willing to open their minds and, and believe in all of the scriptures. They're not because if they were, they would realize that Daniel 12, 4 makes sense. And I will go into that later. Daniel 12, 4, the books are unfolding. So 2 Corinthians 4 explains the gospel is being hid to those perishing. So it says perishing. Can they climb out of that? Yes, I believe they can. They just need to stop quenching the Holy Spirit, read the word, study the word, and they will have um, an understanding of what the scriptures actually say. So let's read um, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. 
but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath sinned in our, shine, sorry, in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now we know God means his Lord. It's very careful the way this is written in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Redeemer, Christ is the Anointed One. So the knowledge of the glory of God, so God is in the face of Jesus Christ. I've only picked that up now as I'm, as I'm doing the podcast. This is why I like going back to the, the original because it's telling us again, let me read that again. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So we're seeing this, we're seeing God, the knowledge of God in Jesus the Redeemer, Christ the Anointed One. That's how we're seeing it. So we're seeing God in the face of Jesus Christ who dwelt among us. But we do know also he is in us. So we have to bear that in mind as well. Let's continue. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. So just as Jesus was manifested from God, another revelation, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our own body. So we are manifested from Jesus in our own body. That's what it's saying, folks. And I've literally got that today as I'm doing the, the um, podcast. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. That takes some reading, doesn't it? For we which live are delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. At the moment we're immortal, but um, if you're living, if you um, are manifest, you, you'll be manifest in the mortal flesh because you will have died for Jesus' sake. Let me go back to that again. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. 
that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and external weight of glory, while we look not the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Okay, so I read quite a lot of that um, from 2 Corinthians, and I suggest that you um, read that and study that for yourself, because I picked up a couple of things there, which I'm very, very pleased about. So we're going back to 2 Thessalonians 2. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now when you go to Strong's Concordance, this is what it says. Who is opposite to and lifts oneself up above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the spiritual temple, consisting of the saints of all ages, joined together by and in Christ. Now, this is deep, deep. And some will no doubt say that I'm stretching a point here, but I deliberately chose the last meaning of temple from Strong's Concordance because I believe this is where we are at in Revelation. The temple we know is at the sides of our heads. Yes, I know this is gonna sound strange, but that's where it is. But since our ways and thoughts are not like the Father's, I believe this is not as straightforward as one will first think. The key word is spiritual temple. After all, it is a spiritual war. Now, when you go to 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says this about the, the um, temple. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you now I've read that a, a couple of times and look at that first Corinthians 3 16 do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you now think about it just think about it the temple is at the side of your heads this is a spiritual temple. That's what it says in 2 Thessalonians 2. And this is what I mean about studying it for yourself. It really isn't as straightforward as you think. And unless you dig deeper into the scriptures, you're not gonna see it, folks. Okay, 6, 2 Thessalonians 2, 6. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. And this is where people need to study because this is what I got from this. Indeed, at this time, you know that which hinders the Antichrist from making his appearance, that he 
might be disclosed. What before was unknown in his measure of time. As I said, this caught my attention. It confirmed a lot. The verse here does not say who, but it says what is hindering the Antichrist from making his appearance. And then it explains further what was covered up will now be revealed in his, again, limited period of time. Limited period of time. How can anyone therefore say that we are the restrainer? It does not make any sense at all. Because when people say this, they keep, they keep saying this is about the removal of the church. It's, it's complete manipulation of the scriptures and a great big misunderstanding of the word of God. But when you analyze the statement and break it down, it says this, what withholdeth means, what is restraining the Antichrist from making his appearance that the Antichrist might be disclosed. So what is restraining the Antichrist from making his appearance? And it tells us that it is time. No mention of who, but actually tells you what. Time isn't who, time is what. So time is what is restraining the Antichrist from being revealed in his limited portion of time. He knows he's only here for a short time. He's got a limited portion of time. How sad is that? A limited, limited portion of time. But he's going to create hell. And he is creating hell on earth right now. Then it explains, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Now, this is where it gets really interesting, because when you go to Strong's Concordance, it says this, For the secret thing of contempt and violation of law, iniquity, wickedness, now already is operative. Only he, now, at this very time, at this very time, folks, that which hinders the Antichrist from making his appearance, will let until he comes Until he comes into existence now that's interesting because then it says out of the way until so look at this who is he in all of this for the mystery i'll say it again for the mystery of iniquity is already at work only he who now letteth will let until he is taken out of the middle and you see I believe that is Jesus. I know it sounds a bit strange, but only he who now letteth, and the word letteth means restrain, hinder. So only he who now restrains will continue to, to restrain, comma, until he, which is God. Sorry, Jesus. Sorry, Jesus. I'll say that again. Until Jesus is taken out of the way until he comes into existence out of the middle. I know this sounds crazy. And um, as I'm saying it, it does sound a little bit confusing. But when you realize he is actually Jesus, Jesus is the restrainer and he is the one that is, is, is allowing this to happen until he is taken out of the way. So until until Jesus, who's restraining, is taken out of the way, until he's manifested back to the Father, that's when it starts to make sense, for me anyway. 
So I'll say it again in case that got a little bit confusing because um, I know it is confusing. For the mystery of iniquity is already at work. Only he who now letteth, he who now restrains, that's Jesus, only he who now restrains will continue to allow that to to allow that to happen until he, which is Jesus, comes into existence out of the middle of Lord Jesus Christ. That's the missing puzzle, folks. It took me a while to get there, I'm sorry, but I have to make this really clear. And then the next sentence says this, and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Who's that? Who's coming? He, Jesus, God, Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus has been manifested back to the Father and he will come back with a full brightness of his coming. Let me go back to my um, Excel sheet here. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now, this is where most people get it wrong, as I said before. And I say that, sorry, when they say that this is the church that is taken out of the way, it does not make any sense at all. The word way means middle, the midst, in the midst or amongst said this is really complicated but when you look at 1st Corinthians 15 24 you will see where I'm coming from and why um, I look at each word and study it 1st Corinthians 15 24 says then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God even the father when he shall put down all rule and all authority and power and this is why you must study um, the word of God. And then you'll understand where I'm coming from. Because then it goes on to say, for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. So who's going to do that? It's gonna be Lord Jesus Christ when he comes back to destroy the devil. For he hath put all things under his feet, but when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is expected which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Now that's, that's just simply amazing. So Jesus has to come out of the middle of Lord Jesus Christ. And then, and then he will be manifest back to the Father. And he will come back to destroy the devil with the full brightness of his coming. And that's what it says in 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. That's the Lord. That's God. It's not Jesus. It's God. God shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming before the Holy Spirit. As I said, many people are getting this wrong, folks, because they're not studying it. They're just reading it. And when you study it, you get a different meaning. So, then it says, 
even him who's coming is after the working of Satan. Look at that, him. It's referring back to Jesus. Even him who's coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. So when you look at verses 7 and 8, it is actually telling us that iniquity is already at work. It's been happening for a while. Only God is restraining the Antichrist until Jesus is taken out of the middle of verse 1 taken out of Lord Jesus Christ now it starts to get real and debunks all the nonsense made by the pre-hopeful pre-tribbers thinking that the restrainer is the church how can he be taken out of the middle mean the church when the church is the bride and the bride is female nonsense he be taken out of the way he is Jesus being taken out of the middle it can't possibly be the Antichrist how can it? It can only mean Jesus. Therefore, Jesus has to be taken out of the middle, out of the way, so that the devil, Satan, can be revealed in his portion, in his limited period of time. He knows his time is short. And when does that happen? And why does Jesus have to be taken out of the way? He has to be taken out of the way. He has to be taken out of the way so that Lord Jesus Christ can come back in the fullness of um, his brightness of his coming and he will destroy the devil. We need to make sure that we study the word. I don't see anybody doing this, I'm afraid. And I could, I'm not saying I could be wrong because I don't think this is wrong because I'm going to Strong's Concordance. Because the end will come when Jesus hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority and power. That's what it says. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. And that's what the word of God says. I'm going to write that in there just to remind me. 1 Corinthians 15. But, as I said, he has to put all his enemies under his feet and then he hands back all power and authority back. That's what it says. I'll say it again. Then the end will come when he, Jesus, hands over the kingdom to God the Father. That is Lord. God the Father. After he, which is Jesus, has destroyed all dominion, authority and power. For he must reign until he, which is Jesus, has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, and that is the devil. For he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself, who put everything under Christ everything under Christ. That's what it says in verse 27. I'll read it again. For he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself who put everything under Christ. It's amazing, isn't it? When you study it, you get the true revealing. 
Okay, let's go to 2 Timothy 1.10. But now has been revealed by the appearing of our Saviour Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. It is important to note that this is about the appearing of our Saviour Christ Jesus, which is what 2 Thessalonians 2 is talking about. So let's continue. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And this is the problem, because people are not listening. My understanding of this are that the people who do not receive the truth will perish. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. God knows the beginning and the end, folks. He knows what we are going to do before we have even thought about it. Remember, Jesus told the disciples who would betray him, for instance. Have a listen. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it, again proving that Jesus is God manifested as a man. Psalms 139 explains further about this. It says this, Psalms 139.4. Forgive me, I didn't find the, um, I didn't put the scripture down for um, that previous word about the disciple leaning back against Jesus said to him, Lord, who is it? Okay, before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. There you go. It's obvious. We've been we've been preordained. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, two Thessalonians two fourteen. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory, and then it brings back Lord Jesus Christ. He's called us to the gospel and the glory of Lord Jesus Christ. We must respect this word and understand it and study it to know what's going on. We must study it. What is really being said? In the beginning, the word says, uh, this scripture, sorry, in the beginning of this, it says, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no mention of Lord Jesus Christ until towards the end of the page. Why? Why is that? I'll tell you why because Jesus has to put his enemies again under his feet and then manifest back to the Father. And then, as I said before, he will come back with the full brightness of his coming to destroy the enemy. He is the last person to be killed. 15. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Epistle are the people that saw the resurrection of Jesus. Nobody these days are epistles. It's nonsense. 16. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Here, I believe in verse 16, concludes to me that Jesus has manifested back to the Father, but only after Jesus has put his enemies under his feet and then Jesus gives back his dominion, authority and power to God the Father. And this is why, as I said, I keep saying this, we must study the word of God and not divide the truth. Because once you do that, then you're splitting the truth. It doesn't make sense then. And that's why people think that the church is the restrainer, for instance. And the church is not the restrainer. 
And then it says, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work, word and work. So basically, folks, I am comfortable. I'm very comfortable. I believe this verse has indeed set me free from the lies and manipulation and misunderstandings of this book. And many watchers have not seen this because they are so stuck in their ways about a pre-tribulation rapture. And this brings me on to my next point about um, the seven years. Yes, there is a seven-year tribulation, definitely. But there is no pre-tribulation rapture before that seven years. That seven years, folks, that seven years is now. I believe we are in the, tri the tribulation period now. Um, I won't go into detail about um, the dates and stuff. I'll do that in another video because this, this will take far too long. And in fact... I could always separate it afterwards, couldn't I? Because I just, yeah, I think I will mention it. Because this is why, if I can find it now. Yeah, I'm going to end that there. And I'm going to go back to this. Because I think this is really important to see the times. And the reason why I, I think the way that I do. Now, I'm going to do this in detail later, but just imagine for a minute that Revelation 12 sign was the sign that we needed to see with the tribulation. That was 23rd of September 2017. Revelation 12, excuse me, was seen in the skies on the 23rd of September 2017. But we also know that Revelation 12, let's have a look, was seen in 1056, September the 14th, 1056. It was seen again September the 5th, 1293, and again September the 6th, 1483, and again September 24th, 1827. Have you noticed I didn't pick up this up from before? They're all in September. They're all in September. Revelation 12 sign was seen in September. I've only just picked that up. Now, 1260 days is, is um, halfway, three and a half years. And that took us to sa uh, Saturday 6th of March, 2021. 1290 days is Monday 5th of April. Now the reason why I'm saying these days is because of what I've seen in um, Daniel. Monday 5th of April 2021 was 1290 days. Blessed are those that wait takes us to Thursday 20th of May 2021. The final day, 2520 days is seven years and that takes us to Saturday 17th of August 2024. Yep, 2024. Now, am I sure I've got this right? Um, I'm just going by um, the scriptures. When you go to Psalms 124, which is supposedly the equivalent to 2024, that's what I was told, it says this. If the Lord had, been, had not been on our side, 
let Israel say. If the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive when their anger flared against us. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord, who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the foulest snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Does that mean it's a rapture? I don't know. Um, I don't believe in the word rapture anyway, but I believe in the meeting um, of the Lord. And that is in 1 Thessalonians 4.17. So let's find 1 Thessalonians 4.17. After that, we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. I'll say it again, I'll say it again. After that, we who are still alive and are left, and are left, we're going to be here, folks. And this is why I keep saying to people, study the word of God. Because it is not what you think. When you study it, it has a different meaning. Let's go back to 1 Thessalonians 4. Okay, it says this, as believers who have died, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And that is where I'm coming from. Encouraging people with the words. So I'll go over that again. If we're going by 23rd of September 2017, halfway is 1260. Then we've got 30 days after that, 1290 days. Blessed are those that wait. This is in Daniel 12. I'll, go, I'll find that in a minute. Blessed are those that wait. That takes us to Thursday. Oh, excuse me. 20th of May, 2021. And then the seven years is 2520. Saturday, 17th of August, 2024. We have escaped from the snare of the fowlers. Okay. Now, the interesting thing is, if we're going by 15th of September, 2020, 
when the Abraham Accord Covenant was signed. 1260 days takes us to 27th of February of 2024. And then you have 28th of March, 2024. 1335 days takes us to 12th of May, 2024. And then you have 2520 days takes us to Tuesday, 10th of August, 2024. In fact, that one can't be right, can it? Ignore that last one, that can't be right, because um, it must be 2026. I'll have to change that one. Okay. 31st of December, 2019. That's when the WHO officially announced the scam pandemic. So if you think about it from that point of view, 1260 days takes us to 13th of June, which is just gone. 1290 days takes us to 2023. Blessed are those that wait takes us to 27th of August, 2023 this year. And then we have 2026. That's why the previous one is definitely wrong, so my apologies. I will change that. Okay. 4th of April is an interesting date because that's when um, um, Mr. Trump was um, voted in, I believe. And if we're going by that, we're looking at 1260 days being 15th of September 2020. If we're going by 2017, 4th of April, that is. So three and a half years before, after that, takes us to 15th of September when the covenant was signed. So could that be where it strengthened? I do remember his wife saying, um, he that strengthens me. I don't know when that, what date that was, but I know she definitely said it. That's just come to me just now as I'm talking. Said um, he that strengthens me. I'll have to go back to that and find it again. This is why I like doing this because um, I, I, things just just reminds me um, reminds me of, of, of stuff. So it's quite nice. Okay, twelve ninety days takes us to fifteenth of October, twenty twenty. One three three five. Blessed are those that wait. Takes us twenty ninth November, twenty twenty. And then 2520 days, which is seven years, takes us to 2024. So I'm going to go in depth with this later. Because um, I'm, I'm glad I did this now because I've just seen an error. Um, so I'm going to definitely correct that in a few minutes. So stay blessed in the Lord. Um, hopefully you will understand why I've done this podcast and that little bit extra, which I will go into more detail later. Thanks for listening. Um, pray on this see what the Lord reveals to you um, but stay in the wood and study using Strong's Concordance in Yahweh's name Amen <laughs>